Eric Elman of asacredjourney.net. I'm a spiritual director, facilitator, and guide, and you're listening to Pilgrim Podcast, a show exploring spirituality and intention in travels and daily life and what it means to live like a pilgrim at home and abroad. Are you planning a pilgrimage? This episode is brought to you by Journey Guide, a step-by-step travel companion for your pilgrimage of a lifetime. Journey Guide is a multimedia travel resource infused with soul, including guides and writing prompts for each stage of the journey, worksheets and resources to go deeper, interviews with seasoned pilgrims, and more. Learn more about how Journey Guide can enhance your next pilgrimage at asacredjourney.net. back to Pilgrim Podcast. Today, we are talking to John Walters Paintner, who has a Master of Theological Studies and partners with his wife, Christine Walters Paintner, who we've had on previously, to lead pilgrimages and offer online and live retreats through abbeyofthearts.com. So thank you so much for joining us, John. Oh, thank you very much. I'm uh, glad to be here. Today, we're going to talk about sabbatical, which I know um, you have experience in both teaching um, the foundations of it. And I know you have done some mini versions or are planning on a larger version yourself. And it's in my future as well, which is why I want to share about sabbatical to this community. So I'm looking forward to hearing your insight. Oh, thank you. That's wonderful. Yes. Well, let's start by hearing about your spiritual journey, though. Uh, I love to hear about everyone's spiritual journeys when we begin. And I'd love to see how that led you to where you are today? Uh, sure, yes. Um, I think most people uh, may be familiar with the term cradle Catholic. I was uh, born and raised in a very Catholic family. Um, I like to joke, actually, that I'm a son of a nun. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, now, my mother was in uh, was in a Benedictine order for uh, several years. She never took her final vows. She was always wanted to be very clear about that when we uh, kind of teased her about that. But <laughs> uh, uh, she had um, gone away to a boarding school that, uh, that was run by the Benedictines and was thinking about religious life. And so was a novice there for, for a while and was teaching. But it was during uh, the Second Vatican Council was going on and things were changing quite a bit in the church. And so uh, the the nuns gave all the novices, everyone, um, like an extra year or two to kind of consider um, uh, uh, making that lifelong commitment when um, things weren't quite clear where where they were, uh, the changes that were happening in the church. So that's where they lost her? <laughs> uh, yeah, she was also uh, always very split in her uh, desires, wanting a family of her own as well. So... Um, she got a little of both. Uh, so, yes. And uh, when my parents were first married, uh, they were also um, uh, oblates or uh, they joined the Third Order of Franciscan. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my dad was a Knight of Columbus for a while, but didn't didn't like the pomp and circumstance of that. But uh, <laughs> we were always very involved in the church. Um, uh, my mother was a cantor. Uh, dad was a Eucharistic minister and I was an altar boy. Uh, and so, uh, going to church every Sunday was very much a part of, uh, uh, of who we were as a family. Uh, I was even, uh, baptized on the 4th of July. So I also sometimes say I'm a Yankee Doodle <laughs> Catholic. Uh-huh. Uh, um, uh, but no, from there, uh, yeah, I went to the parochial school, uh, in a Catholic high school. Um, and so that was really as much a kind of a part of my culture and upbringing as, um, as anything else, uh, if not more so. Uh, but it wasn't until I started college that I actually went on a World Youth Day uh, to Poland. Oh, wow. Um, that things really kind of changed. And uh, quite honestly, uh, my main motivation was um, my parents were going to uh, help cover half the cost to uh, go to Europe for a few weeks with my friends. So go. <laughs> yeah, so uh-huh. that, that was a definite. Uh, but while we were there, um, the Pope, uh, challenged everyone not to be afraid to be holy. Hmm. And uh, that's something I kind of wrestled with for a while because I was, uh, you know, that really touched me and I really wanted to do that. But um, suddenly realizing, okay, what does that mean? Hmm. So that was a real turning point for me in terms of uh, taking ownership of of my faith, that it was um, hmm. it was no longer a matter of, 
this is just who I am culturally, and I'm Catholic because that's the way my family raised me. Uh, but uh, not that it was necessarily one moment. It was certainly kind of a, a, a kind of a journey of d- discovery over a couple of months, a year or so, I guess. Um, yeah. But it was it was now my decision. Yeah. Well, and if I remember correctly, I know you've shared on um, my blog previously, kind of your encounter with pilgrimage, and I this was part of that too, wasn't it? Uh, yes, in a sense, it was. Um, the beginnings uh, of faith in travel or spirituality in travel. Uh, yeah, even though it was uh, it was the World Youth Day for as the Catholic um, gathering of, of young adults from around the world, I was going with uh, uh, my local church group. Um, uh, one of the parish priests was on the the, the journey with us, and our uh, youth minister. It's it's not something at the time I thought of like oh this is a religious retreat I'm going mm-hmm. on pilgrimage it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not a vocabulary I had at the time I certainly wouldn't have thought of it that way uh, but there was certainly a, um, a spiritual awakening for me on that yeah one it seems uh, like that, that might not have happened otherwise or certainly in that way yeah if you hadn't yeah, left I, home uh, yeah it definitely um, was a, a turning point in a couple of different ways so. Yeah. Um, so from there I came back and I was, uh, going to school, uh, eventually decided on, uh, teaching education. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it was actually a uh, primary school, uh, elementary, uh, oh, be really? an elementary school teacher. Uh, yeah. But then I did my student teaching and realized that, um, uh, being in a classroom setting with the same group of small children all day really was not for me. <laughs> I've heard uh, some others say that before. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just, um, I just realized it was, it was not going to be a good fit for me. It would not be a good fit for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so um, I actually went into parish ministry for a while as a youth minister and a pastoral associate. Um, and one of the things I did for a while was uh, confirmation prep, uh, oh, teaching yeah. classes, mm-hmm. uh, using some of my education background mm-hmm. to lead those programs. Uh, and from there, I started teaching high school. So I taught in two different high schools, uh, one in Oakland uh, and then at uh, O'Day High School in Seattle. And I taught there for nine years. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was, um, and I taught, uh, uh, well, it was an Old Testament course. Yeah. Uh, and I really love, fell in love with the subject. I was really uh, um, uh, kind of a great spiritual journey for me to uh, trying to uh, kind of educate myself and learn mm-hmm. more so I could uh, be a better teacher. Uh, and so uh, when the Catholic Church and uh, the, the American bishops decided to standardize and change the curriculum across the, the U.S., um, and suddenly uh, the, the what I uh, loved most about teaching the subject uh, was gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so by that point, Christine and I had been uh, talking about uh, taking a sabbatical year. Uh, um, and there had been some teachers uh, previously at O'Day who had, had taken a year off uh, to do different things. One had done a, um, an exchange program with another teacher, I think, in Poland. Um, and so um, I had hoped to be able to do that and uh, go live in Austria with Christine for a year and come back. Um, but we had a new principal who was not on board with that program. But since we, Christine and I had already been kind of researching and planning what it would take to uh, to live overseas, mm. um, when suddenly the curriculum changed, um, it was it was suddenly the moment uh, for us to make a big uh, big change in our lives. Um, and I was just joking with some friends uh, yesterday that. Um, it was nice of us to Christine and I both decided to have the same midlife crisis together. <laughs> uh, and so that's true. love. Um, yes. <laughs> um, so, um, well, I didn't technically quit. I just did not uh, go back to teaching the following year. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so gave up a full-time job, uh, with benefits. Uh, and then we, uh, sold our car, uh, almost all of our belongings at our condo and, uh, Moved across the ocean uh, wow. to Europe. Yeah. Uh, um, and 
even though the original plan was to move to Austria, to Vienna, where uh, Christine has dual citizenship, uh, the immigration didn't work out. Uh, we have, I was able to get a six-month visa before we left. Uh, we thought that would be long enough for me to get uh, permanent residency as the spouse of an Austrian citizen. Uh, but things took longer than expected. Uh, and so I was going to have to leave the, um, the, the country while um, we waited for the Austrian government to make a decision. Um, but I think um, um, I don't, I'm not sure what the delay was. I, I think it uh, was a matter of, uh, that uh, Christine was self-employed. Mm. Um, and so we were teaching classes online. And I don't think there was a box um, <laughs> on, on anybody's form yeah. Yeah, for uh, online monastery. There never uh, is. No, no. <laughs> so I, I, I think it was just they kind of kept uh, uh, passing the paperwork to someone else for someone else to make the decision. Um, and since it was taking too long, Ireland was, um, well, I guess at that point, plan C or D. And then kind of lost track. So, uh, yeah, we've moved to the west of Ireland. And um, uh, I started working uh, here at the Abbey of the Arts. Uh, helping Christine with uh, some of the online classes we do and leading our pilgrimages uh, both here in Ireland and um, some of the programs we lead in Vienna. Yeah. Well, I never, I, I mean, I, I know that story well, and yet I don't know if I knew it began with um, ponderings of a sabbatical and a yearning for sabbatical. Yeah. So, I mean, in some ways, like, Kind of consider I'm I'm a, I've been kind of an extended six year sabbatical, uh -huh. but um, and that uh, people ask me all the time like oh you, do you miss teaching do you want to go back to the classroom I'm like no it's um this is uh, this is where I, mm. I yeah I, I it's kind of hard to explain I, I wish we had uh, a great story of you know we had done all this research and we had this you know five year plan and um. <laughs> You know, we were, but it's, um, we had to kind of play it by ear for, uh, for quite a bit of it, but it is, uh, I feel very blessed that things have worked out the way they have. Yeah. Well, tell me a bit about the origins of sabbatical because I, it, it's originated in the old Testament, didn't it? Uh, yeah, there's, um, it is, it's described in Leviticus, I think a bit in Exodus as well. So you might and miss so it if it's in Leviticus. <laughs> Yeah, there's um, Leviticus is a bit of a, a mixed bag. I know it gets <laughs> a lot of uh, bad rap for a lot of uh, some things that are just not very culturally uh, mm. um, kind of acceptable anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, but you do also have the holiness code. You mm. have uh, laws about uh, uh, charity and giving as well, uh, along with things about, you know, not shaving or uh, a lot of uh, sexual prohibitions. Um but then you also have things uh, like the sabbatical. Uh, uh, once every seven years, um, is really kind of a commandment to um, let the land rest in mm -hmm. much the same way that um, uh, the weekly Sabbath is supposed to be a day of rest for, for people, that um, uh, the land was supposed to be uh, uh, allowed to kind of go, uh, um, go fallow. And mm -hmm. so... Um, even the owners of the land weren't supposed to harvest anything, that anything that did grow was supposed to be for um, um, kind of the outcasts, the poor, the strangers, the foreigners, the, the, mm. the animals. Mm. Uh, uh, debts were also supposed to be forgiven, um, although it's interesting to note that it's uh, much like the, the Jubilee year that's also mentioned in the Old Testament. Yeah. It's historically there's no real evidence that it actually it happened. happened it was, right? yeah it was it, it seemed to be more you know a suggestion of this is what you should do but mm. um uh it's it's difficult to um you know tell people you know you're not going to work for a year you're not going to have any income for a year yeah. um and you're just going to have to trust mm. uh uh and so that's um I'm, I'm sure that was uh, kind of part of the issue. Yeah. Of so some people may have done it. It, it certainly didn't, doesn't seem to have happened on a kind of a large scale, um, uh, kind of national uh, setting for the Israelites. Um, but I'm sure some communities, some individuals uh, did do it. Yeah. 
So you were saying that it, it is similar to that pattern of Sabbath. Yes. And I guess the same word is really in there, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I I, uh, I don't have ancient Hebrew in my educational background, but I assume that there is a similar root. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, well, and I remember I took, whenever I was in graduate school, a class on Sabbath um, many years ago. And we had to, you know, I would always, since pilgrimage was my focus, kind of write my papers with a lens of pilgrimage. And so I wrote one mm -hmm. on sabbatical. And mm -hmm. it was so interesting. I was at home, well, at my grandparents' house, um, writing it because my grandmother had just died. And so I had been left land. They were farmers. And mm -hmm. I was learning as I was writing this paper, but that actually even, you know, not only for the worker to have that rest, but mm -hmm. for the land to have that rest, even today, that that's a practice. I mean, they, they want the money, so they grow like beans and, st you know, or something else. But um, there's a practice of cycling. Uh, yeah, there's there's the crop rotation that changing what crops you grow is is helpful for the soil at all as well. But uh, just not doing anything with the land to let it rest mm -hmm. to let the the nutrients come back. Because if you, um, I mean, we talk a lot about in the very busy modern world of people getting burnout. And I guess I yeah. was getting a little burnout with classroom teaching, but um, the land physically gets burned out. That there's um, which is to say the work if we're using that metaphor. Yeah, you can't keep drawing nutrients out of something once they're all gone. Mm. It, it needs to be replenished. Yeah, yeah. And that comes in part through the rest. Mm -hmm. Well, how has the concept of sabbatical evolved? Because I, you know, I was familiar with the term, but really we hear about it most often in the academic setting. How did, how did that get from point A to point B or maybe Z? I'm not sure about that. I was thinking about that as, as well, that... Um, uh, even in academia, though, uh, it's 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 kind of a different um, uh, process because when professors usually get a, a sabbatical year, that um, is 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 a year off from classroom teaching, but there's usually a requirement that you're doing research or you're mm -hmm. writing that this mm -hmm. uh, that the sabbatical year comes with the the dreaded publish or die uh, ah. mentality. <laughs> so it's produce in a different sense. Yeah, so it's not really time off, time off uh, like that. It's um, um, go into the fields in a sense. Well, yeah, and I guess in metaphorically, we've got fields there too. Yeah. Now, there's um, I don't know how popular it is in the states, but certainly uh, here in Ireland and in Europe, you hear a lot of college students talking about a gap year. Oh yeah. That, that from secondary to third level education, uh, students are more likely to take a year off, or maybe mm -hmm. after their first year of college, they'll, they'll take a year off. Um, but also, I've known a couple of uh, 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 civil servants here in Ireland who. Um, uh, there's a process by which uh, 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 you can petition to have some time off uh, from your government job and, and have at least a similar paying job when you come back. Oh, really? Uh, uh, now, it's, it's something you have to apply for. I think it depends on what department you're working on, if, uh, if that's something that's feasible within their budget for them to hire someone else for a year. Um, but I do know some people who have done that. I know one person who... <laughs> took some time off and then kind of came back and decided, you know, uh, just to, to, to quit and go into business for himself. That's actually one of the guides that we, uh, oh, really? work with. yeah. Um, yeah, he, um, uh, Tony talks about, uh, he worked in Dublin, uh, licking envelopes and asking people their mothers made a name for a living. Uh -huh. uh, so that's a different so, type of work entirely then. Uh, Yeah. Uh, so he took, you know, uh, a year off and um, uh, went to Italy, and he, I think, he was doing tours there, um, studying the language, and then he came back uh, after a year or so and uh, went back to his old job and realized that uh, yeah, that just he couldn't keep doing it, and so mm -hmm. he 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 left the civil service and has been doing uh, tours ever since. Well, that yeah is quite a significant change that happens in that period what what is it about that space do you think that allows for that that you know a weekend or maybe a vac you know we think we should take a vacation um, but we mm -hmm. just go off and fill our time with something else um 
So we don't have that space to dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a, a chance to uh, kind of reassess, to reevaluate mm-hmm. that. Uh, I mean, one of the challenges of uh, Sabbath and sabbatical is um, uh, letting go of control that um, uh, a little humility, acknowledging that um, the planet is not going to stop spinning if we don't work for a day. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, if we, you know, if we take the Sabbath off, um, you know, the company is not going to fall apart. If uh, you can take, you know, a week or two off uh, for even just a vacation, you come back and, you know, uh, the garden hasn't gone to rot, the house hasn't collapsed. It's um, there's a sense that I think we we oh. It's almost kind of a, a false pride that, like, oh, we got to keep doing something or mm-hmm. everything's going to collapse. Um, uh, is is kind of a, a false sense of you know, kind of importance. Yeah. Uh, but that when you do take that time off and you realize um, kind of what what's really important and what's really necessary, uh, and it's the it's the time to reevaluate uh, your priorities, your values mm-hmm. of of what's important. And how have you witnessed maybe in your own experience or in the experience of others, kind of when you root deeply in that sense, these surprising things, the wild things start to grow? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, our plan when we, um, when we left Seattle was to uh, move to Vienna for, for a year uh, or maybe longer. We didn't quite know. We didn't have anything planned after that. Uh, things certainly changed uh, after five or six months, uh, and we moved to a, a different country entirely. Um, and, and yeah, our life is not what we had expected, you know, uh, six, seven years ago when we made this decision uh, uh, to leave. And so it's... Yeah, being open to uh, new possibilities that you hadn't quite imagined yet. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, whenever I was in that Sabbath class and began, I began wondering about sabbatical at that time too because we had watched. Um, there's a TED talk. I don't know if you've seen it. Stefan Sagmeister, who's a graphic designer. He's got this big graphic design uh, firm in New York City, I think, and. So usually, you know, you might think of it in academics, but this gave me space to imagine it in other ways, too. And he does this with his company. He talked to, I think he was talking about retirement as well, right? That we save our sabbatical years, so to speak, for a big chunk at the end Hmm. when we, you know, a good time for spending with family and things like that. And both you and I know that that's in our in our field of work. That's when a lot of people engage more deeply spiritually just because they have the space for that. And yet he mm-hmm. was saying, what would it be like to build in those retirement years almost in in between with this pattern of sabbatical? And he talked about not only um, did that offer space for new possibilities to grow that you're talking about, but also that the next six years of his work, you know, because they would still come back to the work of design, mm. were informed by that single year where they had taken that time away that it renewed their creativity as well. Yeah, something I had, uh, that you just reminded me of, I know that there are, um, there's a couple of theater companies, uh, at least here in Ireland, I don't know how wide uh, uh, the practice is, but um, there are theater companies who will, will take a year off every once in a while. Um, uh, and for people working in the arts, it's kind of a, a, a big risk that they're, yeah. um, uh, now, most of them uh, will kind of go off and work on their own thing or, or kind of join some other uh, productions. Uh, but it's, um, yeah, it's it, it helps. Uh, they, they, they see that as helping kind of feed the creativity, that it's uh, getting out of um, uh, a rut. It may be a very creative, um, uh, enjoyable, productive rut, but it's still um, a chance to kind of – uh, shake things up a bit and see yeah. what's uh, see something new to experience something different, and uh, it may be going back to um, you know your job uh, as you know as a county clerk or going back to teaching. Um, 
but uh, it's also a chance to to reevaluate that. Mm-hmm. To hit pause for a moment. Yes. And um, get in touch with some something deeper that often hums beneath the surface. It seems. Mm. Yes. So what we've talked a bit about what a sabbatical traditionally involves. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that it needs to be a year or is there like a minimum time where you'd say like, you really need this much amount of space? And I guess, you know, there's the academic one that we've kind of talked about and put to the side, but what would, yeah. um, if we had a, a free form sabbatical, what, what would be involved in that? Would you think if someone wanted to plan one for themselves? Well, I think maybe it, it might be a matter of starting small. That I mean, certainly, the, uh, biblically speaking, you have the Sabbath, which is one day mm-hmm. every uh, uh, once a week, and then the sabbatical year is is quite a big leap. Yeah. In between the two of those, time wise, um, and one of the questions you had uh, laid out earlier was uh, practical tools. Yeah. And one of the things I thought about was it 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 there should be some planning involved. Um, in terms of uh, financing, I mean, uh, Christine and I, as you know, are, are thinking of taking a kind of a jubilee or we're, we'll be turning 50 soon. Uh, we've made this kind of big life change and we're it's the time to uh, kind of reevaluate some things and, and see um, uh, uh, what's kind of most important for ourselves and for our work and for each other. Uh, but it's something we've been thinking about in terms of um, – uh, how much of a sabbatical, how much of this time off can we, we do um, and still support ourselves since we're, we work for ourselves, we're running our own business. Um, it's, uh, it's not like we're working for a, a university that's going to give us the siphon while we're, mm-hmm. we're doing this. Uh, so I think people need to be uh, practical in that. Um, uh, but also it's, it's a chance to uh, simplify um, you know, when spending as well to see also, was that was important in, in um, both income, but also out outcome. Like, what what are we spending money on? Yeah. What do we need mm. to spend money on? Uh, and that is something to think about. That's um, uh, not everyone has the luxury of you know taking a year off. Um, I don't think most people do. Um, I mean, certainly Christine and I will will still be offering some kind of ongoing. Um, we have some self-study courses that will be uh, offered and some, some things. Well, and you're actually uh, even doing, I think, is it probably a self-study course that allows people to accompany you in a sense throughout that yes. year? Yeah. Um, so uh, maybe for some people it is, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, their annual two or three week va- uh, vacation. Uh, maybe people could take uh, some uh you know, you know, start with, you know, a few weeks to a month. Um, uh, not, you know, not everyone is able to take that much, you know, uh, 12 months off. Any, uh, but uh, certainly kind of evaluate what, how much time you would be able to take off and what, what are some responsibilities that you would, would need to keep, keep doing? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I do like in Judaism that, the of, you know, uh, that some of the, the, some of the commandments are, uh, they're not mandatory for uh, the women in, in ancient Israel because, um, if particularly if they they were mothers, they were raising children. Um, um, the obligation for their husbands to get up and say prayers at a certain time every day. Um, uh, the, their wives would be more responsible for taking care of the children, and children don't always uh, fit on time schedules. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And so there might be some, you know, care responsibilities that you would have to take into account that you couldn't, you know, just not, you know, take care of your, um, you know, if you have a sick father that you're taking care of, um, that'd be very difficult to say, sorry, dad, I'm not, you know, I can't do that. I'm doing sabbatical, but, uh, maybe there's a way to, um, to reach out and get some, some help with some of those things, uh, and some support. And that's one thing that, uh, uh, like with the course that you had just mentioned that we're uh, be asking for some people to uh, kind of support our sabbatical, but also kind of journey with us uh, during that experience. Mm. Well, and especially with that, you know, idea that 
Stefan Sagmeister mentions in his TED talk that like this year is hopefully going to regenerate you in a way that um, they will benefit from. And so to support you, it's, I mean, it's like sponsoring in a sense, mm-hmm. sending yeah. someone out, you know, on pilgrimage or on some sort of journey. Um, and we know that whatever, even if you're going on a journey by yourself, that what you bring back is for the benefit of all. Mm-hmm. Now, have you found that there are um, some hard lines that you're, as you plan ahead, trying to draw? Because I know you've got pilgrimages right up until that point, And I know you've even got some yes. plan for 2020 now. So you've created your window. How have you yes. determined what gets to stay and what has to go when it comes to your work? Um. It's a matter of kind of um, more guidelines. So we don't, uh, the the problem with having kind of hard and fast rules is that part of uh, the sabbatical is um, kind of be, being ready for the unexpected, that mm-hmm. we don't want to be so rigid. Um, uh, like there was an opportunity that came up uh, during the sabbatical year, the timing of it, uh, that Christine had a, a wonderful opportunity to go um, uh, be part of a program and to be a, a speaker at a program that, um, it was just kind of too good of an opportunity uh, to pass up. And so that is something we uh, we did discuss together and kind of sat down with of um, is there some way that there could kind of be a trade off with something else that there's mm-hmm. uh, do we have to be, you know, so rigid with uh, the exact start date and end date um, that um, we're not we're not flexible to, to, to what actually comes, uh, comes mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some wisdom there, even just for those, those Sabbath days as well. Yeah. There's, and again, there's, um, uh, things come up. I mean, you're, there's all these rules about, you know, not working on the Sabbath, but if, you know, an emergency happens, someone's life is on the line, you can't say, well, no, I'm not going to Mm-hmm trying to help someone just because it's Sabbath that, mm-hmm. um, uh, that, um, uh, that life and other people, uh, the, there's a priority there. Yeah. The uh, ultimate and, priority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to be a little spontaneous about, uh, the rules as well. Mm-hmm. Well, what would you say, obviously it has spiritual origins in a sense. What, what are the spiritual elements of sabbatical for those who want to experience that or the invitations perhaps? I think a part of it is the, the humility, uh, the letting go of control mm-hmm. of, um, uh, you know, uh, acknowledging the fact that you're, that we're not in control all the time anyways. Uh, but realizing that, um, Friends and family life continues uh, without us. There's, um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the the phrase uh, FOMO or fear of mm-hmm, missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can catch up later. It's uh, there. There are some things that you obviously wouldn't want to to miss. That things are important, but um, there's a lot that we, you know, so often feel like, oh, we have to do this, and it's not really a have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's. There's there's a chance to kind of reevaluate some of the shoulds and haves that we uh, kind of mentally get ourselves into. Yeah. Do you think you would consider sabbatical a form of pilgrimage in the sense that you maybe you know you're not moving across the world this time around, and yet you mm. are entering into this unknown place where you hope that um, some encounter with the self, some encounter with the transcendent occurs. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's, I would say that there's certainly some overlap with uh, sabbatical and pilgrimage, but um, uh, there's there's also a difference as well. That uh, pilgrimage, uh, you usually have an uh, an intent. Uh, is it is like you say, usually a physical journey that you go on. Mm-hmm. Now, certainly, sabbatical time would be an excellent opportunity to to do a pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I, I think in part because of the, the length of, of sabbatical that you need to be a little more open to, um, 
how God's going to surprise you on uh, in that time. Yeah. In much the same way that on a pilgrimage, you may set out with a particular goal that you're going to this place for this reason, but uh, along the journey, you might realize that there's another intention, that there's um, there's someplace else that you're you're being uh, drawn to or taught. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you don't want to be so caught up in that this is a goal, I have to do this, um, that you, you miss other opportunities. Yeah. Previously, I think, haven't you done maybe like a month-long sabbatical, in a sense, each year in the summer or something like that? Yeah, I mean that's one of the the the, the benefits of of being a teacher is that um, uh, I really work you know nine well closer to nine and a half ten months and so um, uh, I used to have you know summers off yeah uh, uh, to um, and Chris and I would take uh, would take trips we would have that time off uh, to to be able to. Uh, kind of relax and rejuvenate, mm-hmm. uh, and we and we still kind of do that now. That um, uh, we do try to take um, several weeks or a month uh, off in the summer. Uh, that we uh, we don't like like leading pilgrimages in the kind of the height of the summer vacation time. It's yeah, just it's a different uh, a experience more entirely. Yes, um, uh, and so we tend to do more online classes kind of in the winter, but also. Um, in the kind of the shoulder spring and fall seasons, mm-hmm. we're, we're leading more groups. And so it's nice to have a little quiet time as well. And so uh, working for yourself, you're able to uh, kind of build that in. Yeah. Um, well, it seems like there's yeah. a value then in the rhythm as well. I was wondering, because you mentioned, you know, setting an intention with pilgrimage. And I was curious how your previous times off, so to speak, might inform the greater sabbatical that you have coming up, but it seems like even the rhythms of having that month off each summer or the classes in the mm-hmm. winter, just as someone might have the Sunday Sabbath or a, another day too, it doesn't have to be restricted to Sunday. Mm-hmm. And of course, in the Jewish tradition, it's Saturday, that there's this sense of natural balance to it. Yeah, the, it's it's nice to be able to be in a, uh, a rhythm and uh, both in in preparing for it, but also um, being able to relax uh, into it once it's there. That it's mm-hmm. it's it's as stressful as teaching can be, and as very hectic as it is, it's not. Uh, I mean, there's always you know uh, lesson planning and grading, and you know uh, a lot of outside work rather than just you know. Uh, between the first and last class of the day. Um, but as much as you're working, you knew you had, you know, you had the winter break off. You, mm-hmm. you knew you would have a couple of months in the summer. Um, and so knowing that that you would be able to take uh, a bit of time or relax later, uh, kind of, at least for me, kind of helped me get, get through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not a, a very patient person all the time, <laughs> but, but if I know how long something's going to, uh, to be. Um, you can stay with I, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I could, I'll, I'll gladly sit through, you know, a three hour film if I know it's a three hour film, but if I sit down and start to watch something and I don't know how long it is, I, <laughs> you know, it, it could be a short film, but suddenly I, I don't have the patience for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I, cause I don't know like how much time I have to, or energy I have to invest in something. Yeah. So, so being able to know when, when those breaks um, are going to occur, I mean, it's something uh, to look forward to. It's also something to, uh, again, takes some planning. That this, uh, again, in, in Judaism, that there's there's a lot of rules that uh, around kind of what constitutes work and not work, and which you can and not do. So it takes a certain level of preparation for the week that it really kind of becomes the focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, simple tasks of, um, that you have to get, you know, A, B and C done. So you can, uh, really relax and take a Sabbath or, you know, a longer sabbatical. Um, and so it becomes something that you're, you're working towards and, and looking forward to yeah. that. It's, it's not just something that just kind of happens, um, uh, that certainly there should be some, 
oddly enough, spontaneity planned into your Sabbath mm-hmm. or your sabbatical. Yeah. Uh, but you need to, to be able to work and plan so you can take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, and to know yourself too, right? As you were saying, yeah. even. Yes. So we've talked about um, how you're preparing mm-hmm. for your upcoming Jubilee year. What do you envision for that year? Oh, I, I, you know, uh, Chris and I were just talking about that the other day, and um, uh, I would like to, to to spend some more time uh, focusing my kind of my side hobby is is writing, mm-hmm. um, and I think for me one of my challenges need to be needs to be kind of spending some more time not just in the writing but kind of putting myself out there as an artist. Yeah. Of, um, of actually uh, producing a play, of uh, making some short short films, um, uh, and so there's there are some things I, I would would like to do, but I don't want to necessarily set it set goals, and so I'm disappointed mm-hmm. if if it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That I you know I, um, I I don't want it to wind up being kind of a stressful thing, like oh I haven't accomplished my to do list for. Um, uh, the sabbatical. Yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, there's got to be a sense of play and curiosity, which is yes. often counter to the, the work mindset. Yeah. You do find also uh, that there's uh, in it kind of in the, the, the business world that, that you'll hear some people talking about using kind of uh, Sabbath kind of language or ideas but it's very kind of goal productive orientated that like, Oh, there's, you know, you, you take a nap in the afternoon so you can, you know, get more paperwork done in the afternoon. That is not kind of honoring, you know, your, your body and your rhythm and, and actually relaxing for a change, but it's, um, it's like hurry up and rest so you can get back to work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you don't want to, that's, uh, it, it, it shouldn't be as, as goal oriented as that. Yeah. Um, um, there, there needs to be a sense of kind of gratitude in the moment mm-hmm. of um, uh, that it's that it should be a joyful time as well. Yeah. Which I think might might be one of the differences between kind of a more traditional pilgrimage of, uh, you know, you're going to face kind of some hardships uh, along the journey. And that's something kind of lessons to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the Sabbath, there's, there's it, it should be more. Uh, I, I think, at least for me, it should be a bit more relaxing um, uh, and reflective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it seems sabbatical as well. Mm. Yes. questions are ones that I like to ask everyone. So I'd love to hear um, just the first thought that comes to your mind as I ask them. Okay. If you were going on pilgrimage, where would you go next? There are uh, actually quite a few um, uh, pilgrimage sites um, here in Ireland that we have not uh, uh, gone to yet. There are some walking trails uh, that there's been a bit of a revival of uh, pilgrimage uh, here in Ireland um, that we would um, like to be able to do ourselves. So we've we've been very rooted here in the, the west of Ireland, and we love Galway and uh, the Burn and Connemara, but um, there are places that we haven't actually been yet, as small as this country is. Uh, and so we'd like to be able to take advantage of uh, uh, some sabbatical time to uh, to go on something that is kind of – almost really kind of local yeah. that we just haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're so used to these days leading others. There's got to be a mm-hmm. shift whenever you go on your own as well. Yes, certainly. Um, and we, I know I, 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 I can be very uh, kind of critical when I'm reading someone else's itinerary. Christina and I are very lucky that uh, we're able to set up an itinerary that, um, uh, that we find relaxing and enjoyable and, mm-hmm. um, uh, we think uh, uh, can be more kind of meditative. And so uh, we were asked to join some friends a couple of years ago to a uh, pilgrimage to the Holy Land, uh, which sounds lovely. It would be great. I, that is something I, I, I've thought about quite a bit off and on over the years. 
but we were looking at the itinerary that our friend sent us. Um, it would have been great to spend some time with our friends. Uh, the people leading it were uh, people we knew and admired. Um, so the locations, the, uh, you know, just being in the Holy Land was a draw. Uh, but then we saw the itinerary of when you had to be on the bus in the morning and the number of places you went and the time you got back. And um, I was joking with Christine that I, I read the itinerary and I felt like I needed a nap. It was just, um, it was just kind of uh, full on for most of the day. And mm. so it's, uh, I, I know I can be kind of critical of, of how other people kind of set up things. So it'd be nice to be able to kind of get out of that mindset and just um, be a participant. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly one of the things we're going to do to to start our jubilee year is actually going to, um, to Assisi for a, a retreat. Oh, wow. That Christy and I are just going to be um, uh, just enjoy the blessings of being a participant and mm-hmm. um, uh, letting the you know uh, someone else hold that space and kind of letting the spirit lead us. Um, yeah, well, it reminds me of almost like a vessel that so often in your work you give out to fill others up and. This is a time for you to be filled up, to yeah, empty and be filled. Yeah, and we're certainly very blessed with uh, so many of our own uh, participants on our pilgrimages, and our classes are uh, ministers or clergy or, um, in some ways, uh, caregiver, caregivers, uh, whether physically or spiritually, to others. That uh, we feel very blessed to be able to to give them uh, mm-hmm. a chance to uh, to be fed before going out and. Uh, feeding others, which can be very, um, uh, can be very draining energy-wise. So it's it's nice to be able to to give back, and so we're looking forward to taking advantage of that ourselves. Yeah. And what journey are you on right now in your daily life? Oh, that is a very good question. Um, uh, I, I mentioned a bit about my my own writing. That is, I think. Um, well, most of what I write really it doesn't uh, uh, kind of fit in with uh, uh, my actual work as a professional theologian. It's, some of the stuff I write about is more kind of kind of mere entertainment um, and a bit escapist. But uh, I think when one thing I'm uh, certainly feeling called towards is um, uh, a lot of stuff like I, I write for myself or um, I write short plays for uh, a local theater group, the theater room. Um, uh, and so it was all kind of small, kind of local stuff. Uh, so I'd like to be able to kind of uh, push myself to share some of that uh, with a wider audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's um, the challenge for me is not so much uh, the writing, but um, uh, uh having the courage to kind of uh, uh, risk some uh, some wider feedback. Yeah, a growth edge, for sure. Yeah. And then do you have any final practices, or I know you mentioned tools for those who are interested in sabbatical, or even Sabbath, as we've mentioned as well, the um, that first small step, perhaps? Uh, well, I did mention the planning earlier, but also uh, just a sense of gratitude that it's um, uh, uh, even if it's, you know, um, uh, you don't have the opportunity to take a full year off for Sabbath. Maybe you can just take a few weeks or a month mm-hmm. um, and that um, and to be happy with that time. And I know a lot of people who uh, work on very kind of flexible schedules and they're not always able to take the same day off of work or a full day. Um, and so maybe, you know, your, your, even your Sabbath time is just a few hours, yeah. uh, a, a day when, you, uh, but, uh, being grateful for, for those opportunities. Uh, and I think the more grateful we are for the blessings of Sabbath and sabbatical, uh, the more we'll, we'll try and, um, uh, kind of reach out and, uh, uh, make room for more of that. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, uh, I feel very blessed for the, the opportunity and the invitation. So thank you. Yeah. Would you offer us, bless us with a closing benediction? Uh, yes. Uh, actually, I have a, a poem um, 
that Christine wrote that is simply titled Sabbath. Even as the subway car hurtles into the, the tunnel and calendars heave under growing weight of entries, even under the familiar lament for more hours to do, a bell rings somewhere and a man lays down his hammer as if to say, the world can build without me. A woman sets down her pen as if to say, the world will carry on without my words. The project left undone, dust on the shelves, dishes crusted with morning egg, the vase with drooping flowers, and so much work still to complete. I journey across the long fields where trees cling to the edges, free to not do anything but stand their ground, where buttercups and bluebells sway. And in this taste of paradise, where rest becomes luminous and play a prayer of gratitude, even the stones sing of a different time where burdened is lifted and eternity endures. Thank you so much for listening today and for joining me on this Pilgrim podcast journey. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, I have a sabbatical of my own coming up. This year brings the seventh year of work with a sacred journey, and so I'm taking some time to pause and let the land go fallow as I rest, reflect, and fill my cup. I've still got a few things going on, so it won't be a complete break. I'll be meeting clients for spiritual direction and journey consultations, teaching locally, and of course, continuing to work on my Doctor of Ministry at Seattle University. But I will be taking a break from my online work, blog posts, newsletters, social media, and this podcast too. Though I might check in from time to time over email or social media if there's something to share. So be sure to subscribe to receive updates at asacredjourney.net. And of course, follow me on Instagram and like A Sacred Journey on Facebook if you want to stay in the loop. And of course, the Journey Shop will remain open and Journey Guide will still be available for purchase to accompany you on your next pilgrimage. It's one of my favorite creations so far, and I'd love for you to consider it as a guide for your own journey. Learn more and sign up to receive a free preview at asacredjourney.net. And if you find yourself in need of inspiration for the journey while I'm away, the website is filled with plenty of resources and previous posts, and this podcast has many episodes worth revisiting too. Thanks again for your continued support and companionship. I'm looking forward to seeing where this sabbatical journey will lead. <music>